You're listening to your old friends Ron and Don on the Ron and on the Ron and Don Radio Network, man. Well, good afternoon, you guys. It's the Ron and Don Show. Why wouldn't we be broadcasting on the Ron and Don Radio Network? They heard your plea. Now you have three three episodes of the Ron and Don Show. We are broadcasting live from the Les Schwab Studios, and we're broadcasting on a Sunday. This particular podcast will be released. Monday morning. So if we're talking about something today and it seems a bit dated, uh, it may be a bit dated because as you know, living in the Seattle, Tacoma, Olympia, Everett area, uh, things with the 19 seem to be moving fast. Coming up here on the Ron and Don Show, we're going to talk about fear, palpable fear. And we're going to talk to Detective Ed Troyer. He's the PIO. He's the voice box for the Pierce County Sheriff's Department. And also, I'm going to interview... Ron Upshaw, my radio partner, a little bit today, because uh, we moved around a lot in radio from places like San Francisco, uh, Grand Rapids, uh, Phoenix, and yes, New Orleans, Louisiana, 15 years ago. Uh, he was there, lost two homes in Hurricane Katrina. So he's been through things like this before, and I think uh, he will have some valuable things to say about fear. All right. Also, a little bit later, uh, a Kirkland firefighter is in his second round of being quarantined, and his wife reached out to us. She wrote an incredible letter. She also recorded a song for all of you, and uh, we're going to play that uh, before we get out of here today. So Detective Ed Troyer is here with the Pierce County Sheriff's Department. Ed, you just tested. Something happened yesterday at the Tacoma Dome. Tell us what happened yesterday at the Tacoma Dome. Tell us about your test, and have you gotten your results yet? Yeah, I got tested earlier in the week because there was somebody down in our office that tested positive, and I know that I move around a lot in public and talk with a lot of media people, so I wanted to make sure that I was okay. I was ready if I needed to to go into a 14-day quarantine. I had a location and everything set up to do that. Fortunately, two days ago, I found out I came back negative, so that's why I'm here. If I wasn't if I wasn't negative, I wouldn't be here. And down at the Tacoma Dome right now, they're in the process of testing first responders, healthcare workers, daycare workers, and others that have to be essential services out in public to make sure that they're good. And if they're not good, we have a plan as where we're going to put people so they can ride out the quarantine and not get other people sick as we're responding to calls. And so, Ed, there's been a lot of misinformation about testing. Uh, we've heard anyone that wants a test can get a test, and then, no, that's not really true. And then we've heard, oh, there's going to be a rapid testing that's coming out where you can find out in 45 minutes it's not available though there's probably scammers out there right now they're trying to design tests to make a lot of money really quickly you did the medical grade test which is not very comfortable correct and this is not for someone that is worried uh, you are a public servant you are uh, moving around giving information like this so you have a different priority class than someone that's like oh my gosh uh, my throat is a little tickly and I, I'm a hypochondriac. It, break these down for us by importance and, and how the, these tests actually work. Well, you want the people that are going to be taking care of our kids, child care workers, people that are first responders, people in the medical field that will be treating people that are sick to be tested first. That way they can go do their jobs and take care of people that are going to become sick or have to be quarantined. So I agree with that 100%. And when you want to get information, you either go to the CDC, Centers for Disease Control, or your local health department. 
Those are the two official sources. That's what we use. We go by their guidelines, and every day they're doing updates on the numbers. Every day they're giving the safety tips. Every day they're talking about who and how can get tested and, and just where. Just to be clear, there are not a million tests available. These are rationed. There are private industry and the government are trying to ramp up the number of tests. But like for me, I have seasonal allergies, and I'm like, oh my god, I got I got the COVID nineteen. Yeah, no, like, yeah, no, I'm, do I'm not going to go down and get tested because what? I have no fever, and I you know. I know this happens every year when the dust and the pollen start to fly. And so, but there's a lot of people like, oh my gosh, I got to get tested. No, we all know our own bodies and you know if there's something wrong. And the older you are and the more of a problem you have, the higher priority you should be. One thing you don't want to do is get around the elderly or anybody with a compromised immune system or you're going to get them sick. And those are people that are sick that can't get through it. And that's the main thing here is even if you're a young adult on spring break, those videos make me crazy because they all have grandparents and they all have great grandparents at that age. And unfortunately, they may test positive or they may become positive but not have the symptoms, but move it on and hand it off to other family members, which eventually kill an elderly person. Yeah. Let's talk about lockdown. Uh, Everett came out today, and again, we're recording on a Sunday. This will be uh, released Monday morning at 4 o'clock. They announced a lockdown. There's pressure on Jay Inslee, frankly, by a lot of people in the public because of what they saw on Alki Beach yesterday, and I want you to, to address that. They are asking for a lockdown. What is a lockdown, and how can you... In Pierce County or King County, Snohomish Island, Skagit Valley, how can you even enforce a lockdown? Well, enforcing a lockdown is a lot different than people aren't going to understand that we're not going to be driving around and arresting people or forcing people to lock down. What you want people to do is take some personal responsibility. When we say shelter in place, that means stay home, shelter in place, don't go out. All the businesses are closed. There's nowhere to go. Stay home. Keep yourself safe. Your family safe and write it out, pick one person and one person that's going to be able to go to the grocery stores, one person that's going to be able to get your medication mm. and have that person take care of the family and have them go out as little as possible. It doesn't mean that if you come out of your house or you're out in the street, you're going to be arrested. That's not what it is. Yeah. Uh, so Everett, what does that mean that they've locked down in Everett and we aren't locked down in Pierce County though? What does that mean? Well, it means that Everett is... Well, I don't know. One step ahead of everybody. And by what, we saw, by what we saw on TV in the video of these different groups of people that aren't taking this seriously, and I believe it's a small percentage or number of people that are doing it are going to ruin it for everybody else to where it's going to be more restrictive. And if people can't do it themselves and we need more restrictions, and I agree with it 100%, we're just going to have to write it out. But it's going to be our own fault or these people's fault that aren't taking it seriously is going to ruin it for everybody else. And so add to Ed Troyer Jones, just the, the PIO from Pierce County. Talk a little bit about the, the new norm of, of social interactions. I went to Trader Joe's the other day, or in fact, yesterday, and they capped the number of people that are in the store. Uh, you have to stand six feet apart when you're waiting in line to go in. One one guy walked up, and he was totally miffed that he couldn't just walk in. And he sort of got up in the face of the, the Trader Joe's employee that was standing there. And it's like, sir, there's a line here. We're capping it at 50 per time, and you have to wait for someone to come out before you can go. And he's like, well, fine then. And he just walked off. It's like... Dude, you're not helping that's having the one, that, that. That's the one person that's going to ruin it for everybody. If you go into a store now, 
they are going to limit how many people are in there. And then look on the floor. You'll see blue lines or tape on the floor. That's how far they want you to stand apart. That's responsible people acting responsible. The person that you just described is the person who's going to cause bigger problems for everybody. So we just all have to adhere by the rules. It's not any type of law enforcement or government takeover. That's crazy. It's let's all be in this together, do what we all need to do. That way we all are good in a couple, three weeks, whenever this ends, and we're back to our normal lives. Yeah. Real quick, as we go to break here, uh, you talked about a video. We talked about Alki Beach mm-hmm. off air. For those that don't know, what did you see? What did you see on Alki Beach? Was well, I was just watching the video, just the video on the news. It just looked like there's just groups of people that aren't taking this seriously. And those groups of people, yeah, they're partying on the beach and they're playing volleyball and they're in big crowds on picnic tables and there's strangers all around. They're all leaving at the end of the day and going back to wherever they're at at home. And I'm guessing by the way their behavior is there, they're gonna be the same people that are out running around doing things, not caring about it. And those are the ones that are gonna cause the problem, cause more restrictions, spread the virus, and ruin it for everybody that's doing the right thing. Yeah. Ed Schreier's here for Pierce County Sheriff's Department. He is the voice. And uh, he and the sheriff, Sheriff Pastor, who's retired this year. Uh, just great teammates. They really are great teammates. Pierce County, you're really lucky uh, to have these guys and the Pierce County Sheriff's Department. So, how thin is the thin blue line? Let's talk about that. Uh, also, we have a letter that we received from a Kirkland firefighter's wife. He's in his second quarantine right now. And she has a very unique perspective about this whole thing. We'll share that. She also recorded a song just for you guys. So we'll talk about that. And then also, what happens with first responders if they do test and they have the 19th? You can't go home, so where do you go? Let's talk about it next, and let's talk about our collective fear. It's the Ron and Don Show only on the Ron and Don Radio Network. You're listening to The Ron and Don Show. New episodes on Monday, Wednesday, and Thursday. And your favorite podcast app. Hey everybody, it's The Ron and Don Show. All right, it's the Ron and Don Show, episode number 81, only on the Ron and Don Radio Network. It's Ron Don, Detective Ed Troyer, Pierce County Sheriff's Department with you. Recording on a Sunday afternoon. This drops Monday morning. Uh, so if we share a couple things that seem a little dated, because things are just moving so darn quick right now. Hour by hour. Yeah, hour by hour. Ed, let's talk about flattening the curve and also everything that I've read. Uh, in fact, a good friend of mine. Uh, she has a connection. In fact, she's married to somebody uh, that works at Harborview. And he is a physician there. And he is on the front line. A lot of these healthcare workers, they are afraid of testing positive. And the reason they're afraid is because, number one, they don't want to take that home, right? And they're, exactly. they're selfless. They just, they're, they're, they're not afraid for themselves. They just don't want to take it home to their family. They don't want to take it to, uh, to the office with their colleagues. Uh, and also, it takes them off the front lines. I had a friend call me the other day. She's in her second quarantine right now. She's a nurse at a local hospital. Uh, she was exposed to it. So she doesn't have any symptoms, but because she was exposed to it, they placed her in quarantine. Here in a little bit, we'll hear from a Kirkland firefighter's wife. 
uh, he was exposed. He's been exposed twice now and, and is now tested positive. So he's in quarantine. Talk to us a little bit about how decimated it is in our healthcare fields and also with our first responders. The thin blue line has gotten a little thinner, hasn't it? Yeah, you know, the thin blue line isn't what a lot of people think it is. It is really means the line, not just police officers, but also medical workers and other things now between society and problems and anarchy. So the thin blue line is getting thinner because of less people to actually have to do it. Some big departments are actually taking their people out of service and keeping them home and quarantined, even though they're not sick, just to make sure that they have backup in case people do test positive, they can fill in the ranks. Unfortunately, some departments aren't big enough to do that. And us, and we're going to go get tested. First responders can get tested. And you're exactly right. I was afraid to get tested because I was afraid to be positive, not for me, but before my family and before friends and people I'd been around. And also, I wouldn't be able to work for a couple of weeks. And I'm thinking that would be terrible. So I'm not for my own selfish reasons. I'm happy that I'm negative. I'm happy that I'm negative because I get to be here and I get to go to work tonight and I get to go to work tomorrow and continue working with all the people that are doing everything they can to keep everybody safe. Yeah. I talked to a Seattle cop and she's been working for Seattle for decades. And she was at home, and she has not left her house. Uh, her kids drop off uh, food when she needs food. And I said, well, what are you doing at home? I said, it's really hard, isn't it, as a cop to work from home? She said, yeah. She said, you know what? I'm just part of the second wave. It's exactly what you just said. They are holding me back. My job right now is to stay healthy uh, because, let's face it, when you become when you're in contact with the public a lot, and especially with the homeless population, Getting exposed to this is probably only a matter of time if you're physically out there, you're a first responder, and you're working on the streets, right? Absolutely. What has to happen here is people need to realize that there's still crime. And our guys still are responding to fights, domestic violence, robberies, and all kinds of different situations where they could be exposed. I mean, because unfortunately, the people dictate how the calls are going to go. Even though we're doing a really good job of screening through South Sound 911 and every other dispatchers are making sure that the residents are people are going to hopefully as much information they can obtain that there isn't somebody sick in that residence because that'll determine how we respond. But things are still going to happen. We're still going to be dealing with people that are, they're still the fentanyl, they're still the Oxycontin, they're still the robberies, they're still the domestic violence. All that's still happening and we have to take care of it. Ed Troy joins us. He's the PIO from Pierce County. Ed, I like, I'm going to be careful how I ask this question. Um, I don't want to be a fear monger. I think that there are some common sense things that people can do uh, to, to weather this storm. A lot of times this information, as we see it in the media, like cases go up because more tests are happening. That's exactly, that's what's happening. That's what people have to understand. When right. These numbers are going to climb in the next week or so. It's not that it's getting worse. What's happening is there's more people being tested. So you're going to have more positives. numbers going positives. The numbers to watch are the ones from the CDC and your local health department. Are the numbers going up or the percentages going down? So it's it, working. So I want so to got to watch all the numbers from official sources, right. not the news media. Right. <laughs> Absolutely. Not the news media. And the thing, I, I guess my, my question was, uh, there's a difference between vigilance and panic. There's a difference between knowing what your risk truly is 
and behaving in a way that's irrational. And so look no further than the toilet paper thing. It was completely irrational. It was driven by this fear. I fell into it a little bit going to the store where I'm buying stuff that I normally wouldn't buy just because it was there. It was in stock. And so I understand that mentality. But when we speak to everyone that's listening to the Ron and Don show, the, the problem, if, if you are washing your hands, if you are doing all the things that you just said, the chances of you getting this is very, 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 very small. And then of those people that, that do test positive, if you're healthy, the chance of you having a really bad outcome is also very small. So in the grand scheme of things, we need to be vigilant, but not panicked is what I, I do. Can you speak to that a little bit? Absolutely. And you, and you hit it right on the nose. Be vigilant. Um, don't panic. Uh, we've uh, we've gone so far compared to you know the past plagues and different things have wiped out millions of people. We now understand it. They're on top of it. I trust in our health profession. I trust in the researchers and doctors that are coming up with treatments and the testing. It's all good. Don't fall for false testing because some of those fake tests, those tests that are out there are turning into false positives. So people on some of these homemade tests or remedies, it's showing that you're positive when you're not, which is going to cause more problems. So really, really trust your health department, CDC, and the official guidelines to keep yourself safe, to not cause more panic, to not cause more fear. I mean, with social media and all the different things you can do with kids and the ways we can communicate from home now, take advantage of those. Take advantage of those and stay in. Yeah. Let's talk about fear. Ron, I'm going to ask you, 25 years on the radio, uh, you've been through earthquakes, you've been through floods, uh, you've been through storms, uh, and we've lived in a lot of cities together. When you, when you walk into a Trader Joe's, or I walked into a Safeway the other night, you see people with their masks, you see them with their gloves. Uh, people are scared. They are scared. They are panicked. Talk to us a little bit about what do you do when you're afraid? What do you do when you're scared? What do you do if you're feeling a little panic? And also the the anxiety, I think, for folks is is palpable right now. Yeah, thanks for that. The the first thing, and Ed sort of referenced it, is I, I really limit my mass media news consumption because, and you and I working in that for over two decades, you want clicks, you want exposure, you want uh, to be an expert in a day. And so people that make these wild claims and they make uh, all these bombastic statements and they'll say, oh, deaths are doubling every two days. They, they do all of these things because they're not experts. And the problem is if you're really a scientist and if you're really working at the CDC, listen to how they talk. Trained scientists are always very reserved they couch their terms very carefully. You're not going to see the head of the CDC come out and go, things are doubling every two, blah, blah. They're not going to be fiery and bombastic. They're going to be, here's what's happening. And in a sense, it doesn't appeal to the modern sensibility of how we like to listen to things online. Mm. So I, I really dial that back. Mm. Uh, I, I only give myself a little bit of time. People that go, oh, I'm just going to have the news on in the background. Just the news is going to be on the background. It's going to be the, the channel of your choice, whatever it is. Then you start seeing all these uh, quote-unquote experts that are making all these claims. You're putting together uh, the, the wrong story. 
Because you, you grab onto a factoid when you were making dinner. You grab onto another factoid from it could have been the host who's not an expert. You grab onto this one statistic from Italy that has nothing to do with the United States or Seattle. And then in your mind, you're now creating a narrative that is not true. It's not accurate. Mm. And so do what Ed said. Go to the CDC. It's boring. It is not written by a, a, a New York Times fantastical you know, writer. It's boring information. It's a lot of charts and graphs and data. But th- that's where you're going to find the truth. And when you read through that stuff, like I was doing today, what you find is if I'm vigilant, if I wash my hands frequently, if I have a regimen where I'm wiping down hard surfaces uh, and I'm just being very clean, watching where I go, watching how I move, then the, the actual likelihood of me uh, contracting this and, and transmitting it to someone is very, very low. Now, if I'm around a high-risk group and if I'm not paying attention, then yeah, if, like Ed said, if you're being an idiot and you're at spring break and you're you know at a bar or you're at the beach and you're, you're around 300 people, then yeah, you're just being dumb and you're being your responsible. So I like to just limit that stuff and then get a routine, make a, make a conscious effort to have a routine where it's like, I am going to take a walk every day. I am going to read, instead of like flipping through the news channels again, grab a book that you've been wanting to read and read that book. uh, That's not about the pandemic. And those are the things that are going to get your mind out of that loop. Yeah. Ed, talk to us a little about fear. Uh, the last time I felt this kind of fear in the Seattle-Tacoma area uh, actually takes us back to when we met you. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was the Lakewood Four. Someone right. walked into a coffee shop, murdered four officers. He was on the loose, and we were all scared. Pacific, I also remember... Pacific Northwest, absolutely. Yeah. That was a big deal. And I also remember when Officer Timothy Brenton uh, was shot... Uh, Point Blank Range at 29th and Yesler in the city of Seattle. And then that murderer was on the loose and people were afraid. They're like, is he going to come to my door next? And you guys were looking for people in Pierce County. We were up here in King looking. Uh, So before those things and those crimes and those murders, before we finally figured those out, we felt palpable fear. This is almost beyond that, though. Talk to us a little bit about fear. Well, the fear in that particular case came because there was a tragic event that was senseless, and then we had suspects out moving around, and we had a whole series of police shootings and police officers getting killed. What I remember most about that is the community coming together, the blue lights started, the blue porch lights, and everywhere you went, you saw blue lights. So you knew everybody was paying attention, and you also knew that they were taking care of it, they were looking for them, they were involved. And they were doing everything they could to get these guys caught. And we were working together because, you know, there's 350 sheriff deputies, but we have 800,000 people in the county. So you people and everybody out there are the eyes and ears for us. And you're basically the eyes and ears for everybody else. Even when it comes to this, even though there's a lot of fear instilled in everybody, don't worry about what's going on in the outside world. Worry about what's going on in your world, your kids, your people. Keep them safe. Do the right things. And if everybody else does that, we'll all be good. Yeah. They say you can use your fear as fuel. Which fear as fuel. Actually, right. Yeah. Motivate. You can use your fear to motivate, to do the right things. Or you can succumb to it and become part of the problem. We yeah. don't want that. We want everybody to go... Okay, here's what I need to do. Just like Ron said, here's my plan for today, tomorrow, the next day. Here's what I can do. Here's what I can't do. Make it work for the next couple weeks. Keep everybody safe, including your family and yourself. Because if you go out and do something and get yourself sick, 
by reckless behavior, then you can't take care of your family or anybody else. Yeah. Coming up, let's talk about what first responders are doing for kids. Uh, I took my son to a park yesterday, and nobody was in the park. I did that on purpose. I just went to a park where I knew nobody was going to be. And we set up some cones, and we had football practice. I put on my whistle. I was the coach. He was the player. And for a moment in time, we felt like we were at the Brock Heward uh, football camp, which is kind of cool. Let's talk about kids. Let's also talk about first responders that are quarantined right now. And in fact, we heard from one, actually from the wife of a Kirkland fire. Uh, and I know they're all frustrated. Firefighter, yeah. It'd be terrible to be quarantined and be in our job and knowing you can't do anything. Yeah. But you know what? They can do a lot. They can set an example and teach everybody a lesson on how to do that. All right. Let's come back and talk about that. We'll see you in one minute. Live from the Les Schwab Studios. It's the Ron and Don Show. Only on the Ron and Don Radio Network. Follow us on the social media platforms. Just search for Ron Upshaw or Don O'Neill. Here's my dad and his boyhood friend, Mr. Ron, and my dad, Don. You know what I found when my uh, dog is in the backyard digging and being a goofball? and doing things he's not supposed to do. It's because he doesn't have a job. It's the way dogs are wired. They want jobs. It's also the way that humans are wired. We want a job. And sitting at home drives us crazy. It just drives us crazy. My biggest concern is my nine-year-old is sitting in the other room right now. Door's closed, so you can't hear this. I know a lot of you are concerned about your kids. Five more weeks of being out of school, and maybe they'll extend that. Pierce County Sheriff's Department is doing something really cool for kids. They just launched this, and it is a huge hit. Detective Ed Troyer, tell us about, is it called Storyville? It's story time with the sheriff. Okay, tell us about it. And what we're doing is we have sheriff deputies that are in their patrol cars. They're out there working and what they're doing is reading kids books awesome. and showing the pictures and talking to kids and interacting with kids and then we're posting it on our social media facebook twitter youtube channels we launched our first one today being sunday this morning within four hours we had sixty thousand views wow. and a whole bunch of kids commenting that they love it so we have a whole bunch of them done and we'll be doing a story a day through the end of the school year and then we may even keep going through the summer because we're engaging with kids we're reading our favorite books in fact i've done one and it's coming up later in the week. I'm nice. doing Where the Wild Things Are. Nice. And so um, I remember that book from 1963. It was one of my favorite books as a kid. There's a good lesson to be learned in there. And so we'll have deputies reading short stories, launching it through social media, and telling the kids to wave at us when we come by, but we're not going to come up and talk to you. you know. But we're still here for you. We're still here to make you feel safe. And we'd love to interact with you every day. Yeah. Where can people uh, find story time? Find the stories on our Facebook page, Pierce County Sheriff's Department, our YouTube channel, and even some of our other social media channels will direct you to that. And we have guys lining up and girls and guys lining up to do that. Yeah. And so our ladies that work in our department or men that work in our department will be featured daily. And we'll have a story a day. In fact, we're even doing one in Spanish with English subtitles. I'm for glad your, your story friends. wasn't Rambo First Blood. Yeah. No, yeah, no, no, yeah. Ron, address this because you used to run a children's center. You've worked with kids uh, uh, for decades. Tell us a little bit about 
especially with teenagers right now, you work with teens, they're sitting at home chomping at the bit and they're driving their parents crazy. Their parents are driving driving them crazy. It's it's what we talked about a little bit before, structure. It's it's really hard uh, right now. And I even struggled with it, uh, even though I know these things intellectually. It's like you need to have structure. Uh, we have a coworker, Emily, that wrote out on a, on a whiteboard what the structure for her three kids were going to be with the times. And so the kids know what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. And so when they wake up in the morning, they know we're going to do this at 9, we're going to do this at 10, we're going to do this at 11. It, it's even broken down more than that. And it's, it's up posted so they can see it they know when it starts they know when it ends and so they're like okay we're going to do math for half an hour and then they do the math for half an hour and so being in that routine knowing what's going to happen uh next is really great for your mind because you're not like wondering you know and uh so she did a great job on that And, and even for adults like, like I said, don't just succumb to like, well, I guess I'm going to watch four hours of C-SPAN. Like you don't, don't let yourself do that. And everyone's like, oh, I'm going to binge watch this and that. Probably not a great idea to binge. Like watch some TV. That's fine. But like not a, if you're in your 19th hour of, you know, Dexter reruns, like maybe take a break. That's maybe great. go outside. Maybe take a walk. Yeah. Like you probably don't need to watch. The don't watch entire- a movie Contagion. Right. Don't it's watch like, Contagion. It's like a prophecy from 10 years yeah. ago. Yeah. Uh, yesterday, Tacoma Dome, uh, eight, they started with 800 first responders being tested. Uh, and it seems like a lot of them are going to be tested. What happens if you test positive, Ed, because you can't go home to your family. We're about to read a letter uh, from a Kirkland firefighter uh, spouse, and uh, her husband is in quarantine right now. Where, where are officers, police officers, uh, nurses, healthcare workers? Where are they going to go? We have locations, and the health department is working with us, and we have contingency plans for when that happens. A lot of that we're keeping to ourselves because it's going to be hard on everybody, especially the first responder that's going to have to go into quarantine. And there are people, I mean, like you, like myself, and a whole bunch of other people that may have room or may have locations for those people to go and be a little bit more comfortable than some type of camp or some type of um, quarantine area, a tent, a parking lot. You know, we don't want to have to get to that point, but if the numbers get that high, we're going to get to that yeah. point. This is what I did, is I reached out to Ed, and I said, Ed, I control an Airbnb, and the person that was going to stay at the Airbnb was going to come stay there for the next uh, uh, half a year uh, because they were going to intern at Amazon. So there's no one right now at that Airbnb. My other Airbnbs, we are just experiencing a lot of cancellations, which is okay because I'm not dependent on that. And so what I've decided to do with one of the Airbnbs that I have that is completely secluded, uh, and it's a little one-bedroom apartment. It's fully decked out and ready to go. And I have contacted the Pierce County Sheriff's Department and said, hey, if you need this, you got it. It's been fully cleaned and sterilized. We are prepared uh, after whoever stays there, after they leave, to just let it sit dormant for a couple weeks and then go in there with a hazmat suit and clean the heck out of it. Uh, so we have made that offer to you yes, in, the you Pierce, in the Pierce County yep, Sheriff's and Department. And we're very aware of it. And I also am fortunate enough to have a room with a separate entrance in my house where I would do the same thing. Yeah. And our family and the people I know would embrace it. Yeah. And, and we need other people to do that, do that too. Yeah. Not, that goes back to fear and not being afraid. Yeah. So if you want to reach out, reach out to your local authorities and let them know. Uh, it can't be a shared space. So for instance, let's say you have an extra room in your house. No, no, it's no, not no. going to work that way. That... Separate floor, separate entrance. Yeah. yeah. All the right stuff. And that'll work. So we got a letter uh, the other day from Jillian. 
Uh, Jillian is a worship leader at a local church. And in fact, we just heard her sing at a celebration for our good friend Gary Verrill, who's fighting stage four cancer. And they had, it was a Christmas concert, wasn't it, Ron? Yeah, absolutely phenomenal singer. So it was a really great performance. And uh, she, she was one of the highlights of the whole concert. Yeah. And Gary's facing stage four. He never knows if he's going to have another Christmas. He's a piano player at this particular church. So they, they decided to have a service to recognize him, to celebrate his life, and uh, also to collect some dough during the holidays for his family. And she was there, and she sang a song uh, called Over uh, the Rainbow. Anyway, she just reached out to us uh, yesterday. She wanted to be here today, but she couldn't be here today uh, because her husband, who's a firefighter, has been exposed to what I just call now uh, the 19. So she is now self-quarantining, self-quarantined at home, but she's away from him and away from the kids too. This is what she writes. Dear Ron and Don, I just want to say thank you for your podcast. I recently spent some time with you guys at the fundraiser concert for Gary Vero. My brother and I performed Over the Rainbow. And since that uh, time, my world has become absolutely crazy. My, son, my husband is a Kirkland firefighter. He was one of the original first responders that ended up in quarantine due to exposure to COVID-19 uh, at the Life Center of Kirkland. We have a four-year-old son. We have a seven-month-old daughter. Excuse me. Excuse me. And I am the music director and worship leader at Timberlake Church in Redmond. Trying to keep our kids safe and cared for while my husband was in quarantine, and also trying to just continue to work, increase my levels of stress and anxiety exponentially. Now that he continues to go on calls and expose himself to the unknown, it's not getting any easier. But I found out today that he was exposed to the virus again. He is now in quarantine for the second time. Being a believer, she says, I find peace in my faith and in knowing I'm not alone in this struggle. But I also listen to your show. I was a regular listener on my drive home when you guys were on terrestrial radio. And when I got the call that my husband was back in quarantine, I said a prayer and then I grabbed my phone and I headed out for a walk to listen to your latest podcast and feel a sense of normalcy. Normalcy and the chaos, that's hard to find these days. It's the little things that get me through the day and day after day. Thank you for the way you love this place and for the way that you love people. And I am a forever fan. Uh, Blessings to you both, Ron and G-Force. And that's from Jillian Allen right there. I asked Jillian while she was at home if she wouldn't mind sharing that song that she sang during Christmas, if she wouldn't mind just sharing that song with all of you. So it is my pleasure to introduce you to Jillian Allen with Somewhere Over the Rainbow, and she has a special message for you at the end.
Thanks, Ron and Don, for the opportunity to be a part of the show today. I just want to say it's going to be okay. That's a phrase I have to remind myself of literally every day, but I believe that it's going to be okay. And I know there's a lot of unknown, but just take it a day at a time and find the joy in the little things and see the blessing in this mandatory pause on the chaos of life. Go for a walk, make your favorite meal, have a dance party with your kids, listen to your favorite podcast, play music that makes you smile, say a prayer, ask for peace if you need it, you'll get it. And when all this is over, thank a first responder, send flowers or a card to the doctors and nurses at your local hospital, and don't ever take for granted the opportunity to gather with friends and family, neighbors and strangers to celebrate this life we have the privilege of living. All right, Joanne, thanks for that. Powerful stuff right there. Ron, I'm going to ask you first, and then I'll ask Detective Ed Troy before we get out of here. Uh, any final thoughts here? You always have great thoughts. Ron's quite a thinker and a philosopher. He's also a great doer and just a great human during stressful times like this. Episode 81, what do you got? The routine. Find yourself a routine. I pulled out a book that I would half read, and uh, it's been sitting on my shelf for eight months. It's like, you know, I'm going to finish that book. Limit your media in, uh, diet right now. Limit your time uh, going down rabbit holes that don't have a whole lot of upside. And just be smart. You know what to do. And it's sometimes when it's simple, we want to create more complexity. Wash your hands. Clean the surfaces. Wipe down all your doorknobs a couple times a day. That's your job right now. Uh, when you go to the store, stay six feet away from people. Uh, you can still be friendly. You can still say hi. Uh, you can still go uh, through your work. Try a Zoom happy hour. I got a lot of people doing that. Go to Zoom. I think it's uh, just look for Zoom video conferencing. You can do it on your phone. You can do it on your iPad. You can do it on your computer. And you can see your friends. Uh, you guys can all, you know, have a drink together or just chit chat and uh, you can do it if it's less than 40 minutes, it's free. So j- just go do that. And, and you're, you're going to get through this. You're going to be fine. Uh, just be smart. Yeah, that's awesome. I love that. And any uh, final thoughts? Well, I think that a lot of people are going to really learn to appreciate school teachers. Now that they have to do it themselves in their home with the <laughs> I've seen some of the jokes about trying to transfer kids and the teacher became an alcoholic and all that <laughs> last week. But I think we're going to learn to appreciate school teachers. But take this time, reconnect with your family. A lot of people have not connected with their families for a long time because we're so busy. Now, unfortunately, we're forced into it, but it's a good time to learn, get closer to your kids, uh, make them understand what's going on because the fear that's coming down is only going to be transferred to your kids if you let it. 
There's a lot of things going on out there. The story time with the sheriff. There's a lot of other people doing a ton of things on social media. Take advantage of that. Also, if you have any questions or you're afraid or if you have fear or you're wondering what law enforcement's doing, please private message me on my Facebook page and I'd love to answer any questions because I have plenty of time to do that. And if everybody works together, including you guys, because you're the voice, I know a lot of people listen to you and the Ron and Don Nation's still out there. I hope that everybody can give everybody good advice and stay safe and we'll get out of this very quickly if we all comply. Yeah. A couple of years of therapy, I've learned something trying to find your center. And what I do to find my center is I take a moment and I get on my knees and I pray. Uh, my son and I, we get on our knees and pray. There's something about getting on your knees um, and praying to whoever you pray to. I have all these little candles at home. I have a white one. It's called Angel. And whenever I'm missing my little sister, my late sister, I light that candle and I say a prayer. I have another candle. It's a green one. And these are candles that Ron and I bought uh, during the holidays for special friends and family. And when I light that candle, it's called the Fear Less Candle. It doesn't mean you don't have fear. It just means you're going to fear less. So I invite you, find a candle, light it, say a prayer. I'll say a prayer for you, you say a prayer for me, and we'll see you next time for episode number 82. We got this in the Pacific Northwest. You keep your head up. You keep your shoulders back. And here's my son now to remind you that you better keep your head up and your shoulders back. We'll see you next time right here for episode 82 on the Ron and Don Show, only on the Ron and Don Radio Network. Keep your head up and your shoulders back. And we'll see you next time on the Ron and Don Radio Network.